something we see quite a lot is um, we see instances of tech being in companies that's just not used or not configured where they're getting no value from it at all. Is this what you see as well? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I'll actually talk from previous career about this. I, um, I was at Citrix for 10 years and a um, you know, big believer in their technology. Yeah. And I'd go and see organizations and they say, if only we could do that. And you say, well, that's been possible for some time. So always, always, always look at what you've already got. Sweat yeah. your assets as much as right, possible. Because right. I think there's a human nature that we need to go and do something <laughs> else. But look at your vendors, look at their roadmap, but also look at their products. Try and keep up to date. It's so hard because everyone's innovating so fast. <laughs> but definitely have members of your team who are looking at, well, is there another way of solving that problem? Or mm. do we have a tool that we're not using? Vendors put innovation into their products all the time. So, yeah, there's a load of stuff that ends up being shelfware. It's not being used. Mm -hmm. And there's a load of stuff that you speak to someone and say, well, we, could, we need to solve this problem. Well, you can solve this problem. And in some senses, it may not be what you had in mind, but it solves it in a slightly different way. But, yeah, sweat your assets. Mm. Yeah, we see that a lot. Uh, and, and again, poorly configured tech as well. Ah. I mean, I've seen uh, some significant investments made in security tech that's been just just uh, useless, utterly useless. They, they've installed it and they're using a tiny percentage of what it's, what it's designed for uh, and getting no value from it. And then they ask for more budget. Yeah, or misconfiguring it, like you yeah, said, exactly. and, and doing it wrong. I mean, and also, you know, the amount of caveats you have, you know, sitting down with security teams, I always find that security teams are the hardest people to to get on side. Mm -hmm. But once you get them on side, they'll they'll really fight your corner because they, they're invested in it. Again, course, it's all yeah. about risk. They yeah. they understood and then they, they pushed it forward. Um, but then you always find the <laughs> there's always caveats. So you'll speak to an organisation and say, we have this policy, we do this, we do this. And then someone in the meeting will go, yeah, apart from Dave. Yeah. So what's, what's that? Well, Dave sits over there. What does Dave do? Oh, well, Dave uses a Mac. I, did, I thought you said you don't allow Macs. Well, we don't, but Dave does. Yeah. Okay. So what does Dave do? Well, he's, he's our kind of our highest fee owner. So we're not really allowed to touch anything he does or Sarah does this particular and she kind of, yeah, she's kind of a law unto herself. So you're like, so, okay, you've got this really, really good policy except for the enormous holes where those are the people that if I was trying to attack you, those are the people I'd be going after because they're mm. the crown jewels. So it's, it's really difficult to get. You're trying to get technology to fit into workflows because if you make... If you make it difficult, then you're never going to work. I had a great quote from a CISO once, which I loved. Um, and uh, she said to me that her job is to make it easy for users to do the right thing. That's how she defines her job. Yeah. Everything she said under that is detail. My job every day is to, make it, is to make it easy for users to do the right thing. And implied in that is a security model that means the right thing is the safe thing, the protected thing. And if I make it easy for you to do that, yeah. You there can make no, it fit into their jobs. There's no reason for yeah. you to go and do something else. I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm sure right. you've seen this image. I used to carry it around on my laptop. Of a, There's a snowy scene. There's a car park on a road, and there's a barrier. And to get through the barrier into the car park, you have to use your pass. But because it's snowy, you can see two sets of tyre tracks mm. around either side of the barrier because mm. people arrive and think, oh, my laptop's in the boot. I haven't got... So they just drive <laughs> around. Right. That's human nature. If you put things in the way, people will find a way around. Mm. But as she said, if I'm, my job is to make it easy for people to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think if CISOs have that approach to say, how can I make it easy for people to do the right thing? Yeah. That's a really good starting point. I've heard this term, and I know that this is a topic you like talking about, about this winning the war against cyber. <laughs> tell me about that. Yeah. Well, this is something that came up very recently at InfoSec yeah. that you brought over like that. And uh, this assertion that because malware detection rates, particularly ransomware, have mm. dropped. Mm. Does that indicate that we're winning the war against cyber? And 
I, I can't believe that was a statement that was made sincerely. That was just to engender a conversation, which of course we're not. Um, it's kind of like, what do we know about the unknown unknowns? We don't know. So um, the simple truth is, it's an increasingly lucrative business. Mm. There is money to be made. Where there is money to be made, there is opportunity. And mm. opportunity creates a vacuum and that it's just gonna happen. So I think um, what we're seeing in terms of tangible trends in that space, so fundamentally don't believe it's true. Right. <laughs> but what we're actually seeing is it's not just our opinion that it's not true. We're seeing evidence that it's not true. Right. And the reason we're seeing this is because we're increasingly getting our customers who are wanting to share with us information that they're actually seeing mm. so in the past we would give people technology and say right we'll protect you here how it protects you here's how it will inform you we're now disconnecting tell us if you need anything mm. what we've done is we've just made a connection between the two that says you're really busy you've got overloaded SOC teams if you want to you can opt in to tell us stuff that's coming anonymized stuff that's coming from you we'll analyze it for you and off the back of this we're seeing that the malware problems terrible the interesting thing about ransomware is it says hi I'm here, and it tells you it's there. Sure. What we're worried about much more is about Imatet and other much more insidious malware, which is a complete framework system of dropping something in your environment that doesn't tell you it's there, and then tangible efforts we're observing about how to monetize that once they're in. Mm. So it's kind of like people saying, you know, putting the blinkers on and saying, I'm not seeing anything, and therefore I'm safe. Mm. No, you're just not seeing anything. What are the main objectives? You know, are you seeing the objectives of hackers changing? Are you finding that the, the reasons why people are trying to get in is, is changing, or is it the same? I think it depends on what they're after and what their goals are. I mean, mm. you, you see people who are hacktivists who are trying to do things in a certain way. There's much more sort of organised crime about actual, um, you know, money and, and so on. I think so. Mm. It depends what what people are after. Um, I think. Um, what are, the mo what are the main motivations now compared to a couple of years ago? Oh, are money. They, are they, are money. Money. I mean, money, in what I, regard? Well, I think I think it's yeah, it, it's money. I think you don't you don't need to take a baseball bat on the street and knock someone over the head and steal their mm -hmm. laptop anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you can mm -hmm. sit in a comfortable armchair and hire very experienced people from around the world, and you can get money in all sorts of different ways. Mm -hmm. What we are seeing is a couple of things. A few years ago, we did we spoke to a few people about this about the democratization of malware, and what you were seeing is uh, malware kits yeah, um, coming out more. So yeah. you really could just go and, and do stuff. Sure. What we're seeing now is that's moving to malware as a service. Mm -hmm. So there's a full supply chain. Right. So um, now you're talking about things where you can you can go online and you can buy something, and it's like you know no win no fee sort of thing. So if it's not successful, then you don't have to pay, and you wow. pay per hit. And then there's different elements of of it where it's very little of its end-to-end -end. so you'll have someone who does that for you someone who does the dropper someone who then does that someone who then does that and then it's and everyone's taking a little piece so there's mm. a full supply chain mm -hmm. and this is organized this is what no, um, Dr. Mike McGuire who's someone we've worked with done a lot of work with he's um, from Sussex University he's done some phenomenal papers which we sponsored then stood back on where he looks at the dark web and he talks about a dark mirror of industry where this is ex it, it, these people probably have dental plans, you know. It's it's, it's an organised sort of <laughs> mm. setup. So in terms of their targets, I think it all comes down to to money. But it could also be we know influence. We've mm. all seen the papers about you know, how you can influence elections in, in democratic mm. countries, mm. how you could destabilise mm. um, regimes and things like this. All of this stuff goes on. So the motivations vary. But I think um, in terms of uh, the simplistic thing, it's the trillions of dollars of revenue that are available to people. Mm. You know, the market's massive. I find it quite interesting sort of how um, relaxed sometimes I find organisations are when you talk about what 
sometimes appear like the most common sense aspects of, of security. They're like, oh yeah, we've got, we've got a bit of a ransomware issue at the moment. And, and, they're, and they're saying it really casually. Uh, or yeah, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't actually know where our most sensitive data is, or we don't know about it, you know, who has access to our data, but that's okay. We're, we're doing these things. And I kind of, I find that quite interesting. The fact that uh, maybe it's because as vendors, you know, we have a perspective about what we think is important, but it's different in the priorities of the uh, of the CISOs Absolutely. and security teams. And there's certainly a lesson I've learned on this, and mm-hmm. I'll be candid about this, is, is that um, when you have a solution, you do think everybody needs it of or course. wants it. And of course, yeah. that's human nature. You should be, it should be feel about that. You've got to but believe what you do. Yeah. There are examples I've had, and I, I remember clearly a conversation <clears> I had with, with one CISO who we talked about, it, uh, t- about technology, and he recognised the problem. And he recognized our technology and how we could potentially solve that problem. But then he was quite practical, pragmatic, and said, well, at the moment, we reckon we get n numbers of events a year. We reckon that the things that we lose, I won't say what industry he was in. I, I remember you telling me yeah, this case. The, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. things that we lose are these things. These are not intellectual property. These are just, it's just, there's a financial hit. We reckon it costs us this much to clear it up. Yeah. And we reckon we have, I said, n numbers of these a year. Huh. And he said, that's manageable at the moment. And I have to completely respect him because I thought, well, you've got a problem you need to solve. And he actually said, well, no, actually it's not urgent right now for me. This problem isn't so bad and it's manageable. But I have to completely respect that because he had actually looked at the problem, analyzed it and could roughly on a spreadsheet go justify that decision. That I have absolutely no problem with. And, I, mm. and it was like, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I completely get it. If you ever need us in the future, if something changes, then we're here to help. But you're absolutely right. I get it. I get where you are. That's fine. I think there's, for every one of those I see, there's five who are just naive to some extent. Mm. And we'll say to you things like, well, we know we don't make nuclear bombs. We don't make aircraft. We don't make um, helicopters. We don't, you know, we're not, we're not a government agency. Yeah. No one's really after us. Yeah. And then you have to re- you have to sort of think in the back of your head, not selling with fear because you mentioned selling, but so, yeah. but say in the back of your head, when you hear horror stories about small dental practices going under because mm. the receptionist has opened some ransomware, this is it, and not only has that caused the problem, but they've actually done doxing where yeah. they take the documents, upload them. So if you don't pay the ransom, they start going through the documents and phoning your clients saying, "Tell your dental practice if we do, if we don't get the money, we're going to start putting your stuff on the internet." And you see businesses go under for that yeah. and you hear horror stories. You think, yeah, if you're not ready to be helped, you can't yeah. be helped. But if you're ready and you understand, but you accept the risk, then shake hands, move on. You know, you've made an intelligent business decision based on your approach to it.